Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Mr. Pepper from Mr. Pepper's Art Lakes here based in Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, and you are listening to Johnny Hall Radio on KJBR. Uh, big up, guys. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for having me and keep listening to Johnny Hall Radio. Salute. Hey everyone, this is Michael. Um, I'm here with uh, the with Brian Green and Bob Don, and you know what? Sneaking in the room too is KY's Denti and Emily Ansonik, and we are <laughs> um, we are talking about episode 304. And I was especially, especially, especially excited to talk to Brian and Bob because they are both heavily uh, involved in this skit, although or this episode, though you wouldn't know it. Um, Brian, you, we have a misinformation. This is the second time we've heard misinformation, which is you, but not really you. Yeah, it, it's kind of, um, I guess it's my ideas. Um, I always like misinformation because, you know, really, um, we can go anywhere with it, but I particularly uh, like it as an opportunity to try to sort of highlight how um, I kind of feel like you know, the, the artificial intelligence stuff the, and the modern technology, it really, it, it works great until it doesn't. And then it just kind of, when it goes off the rails, it's like, it's still just so obvious that it's nowhere near ready to be, um, you know, a substitute for anything you might genuinely call intelligence, you know? So I try yeah. to make misinformation uh, kind of, you know, make a little bit of a dig at that, you know, reflect that sort of dogmatic or absurd side of, of of stuff that we think is more advanced than it is yeah and you what all goes into making the voice i mean we'll, we'll hear the voice people might remember it from last time but yeah tell me about that yeah uh so as far as m- making the sounds um i just uh you know i i mean like every everybody you just kind of uh, you have an idea and you go to Google, and <laughs> that's what I did. I said, "Hmm, I wonder how hard it would be to to like get a voice to do text to speech." And I just Googled that free text to speech, and uh, and sure enough, there were a whole bunch of sites that popped up. Um, and and there's one in particular that I've been using that you can you can go to, um, and you, you're allowed to do a limited amount of stuff for, um, uh, you know, I guess they record how many times or how how many words that you sure. do in a day. Um, and I, I just type the lines in and, uh, uh, you know, it speaks them and I capture them on my audio card and then they're uh, just ready to, uh, I assemble them in another program and have them ready to play back during the, the, the sketch. So, um, that's, that's really the process that goes through. It's a lot of work. I was like thinking of like <laughs> the, the voice of misinformation performed by Brian Green. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, well, cool. Well, I'm excited to hear for, for the listeners to hear that. And then um, the second second skit that we have in today's episode is kind of a cool collaboration um, with Bob and specifically his his podcast, Bob Short Story Hour. Um, and Bob, maybe you can kind of tell us a little bit about the Splitstone idea and introduce that for us. Yeah, and I would also uh, just mention the, the directly in collaboration would be John Cook over at the Fido podcast. Oh, man, I'm, I feel like I'm going to get a text from John. Of like... <laughs> like halfway into the episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and John. John very heavily. So definitely like part of my original conception of what Bob Short Story Hour would include as as its you know mission 
was some form of the oral storytelling thing. And I, and I thought that would just kind of come about from reciting stories in podcast format, but realized after a while, that's not really what's going on there. And so uh, within the last year, just kind of tossing around some ideas between a few different folks, uh, specifically me and John, um, kind of had the idea of creating some form of story that we would put out there on, on our shows together and uh, have it be present for other people to hear and then try to tell themselves. And so uh, what ended up happening was, I think, to our text group, our podcasting creators text group. I, I had been out in the woods one day and there's this really cool old old growth forest by my house. And, and there's this giant boulder there that's split like directly in two. It looks like lightning struck it and it just split. It's all massive and you can walk through the split. And, um, just seemed like a good, good prompt for a story. So I texted you guys the pictures and said, you know, simply, uh, how did this stone get here and why is it split in half? Write a story about it. And John was the first one that ended up doing it and told the story, made it all produced with music and background noise. And it's beautiful, but that was kind of the jumping off point and just thought, you know, let's, let's put this out there and, and have people listen to it. Uh, you can find it on episode 100 of Bob's short story hour and uh, give it a listen. Don't take any notes on it and then tell your own version. And that's exactly what, what, what you ended up doing, I think right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I will say if anybody has the time and they are not driving, I, I recommend listening to that episode before listening to, to ours if you if you can but um <laughs> yeah so the the well let me go off that idea of no notes because that's that I think that is a beautiful thing you said like listen to it and then tell your own version and like don't plan it out don't try to make it sound like ours necessarily make your own version like do your own thing and so I'd come up with this script of how to do that within the Jollyville world and I and I remember texting you about it and you were like no you can't script and I was like well, <laughs> brother we're recording tomorrow so um and, so, and um to that end i i wrote you in as a character specifically to kind of like both rib you about it and also me so that so that's kind of a little joke but um another thing that's fun is because because i don't know just because um we recorded your line separately and so so you haven't heard the skit and you probably won't hear the skit right isn't our right that, our, well, our deal is that so there's yeah there's we, there's a deal right that, that we haven't even talked about yet um we're going to run your version on my show as the the first submission that's been made of the the story retelling uh and i can't listen to it until it's produced on there right. so i haven't heard it yet i've i've delivered my lines individually that have been spliced into this story that you guys are all about to hear probably before I have, uh, and, and I'm in it. <laughs> well, cool. Well, I am very appreciative of, of being able to, to collaborate in this way. And I hope that you like it whenever you do hear it. Um, oh, I know I'm going to. Yeah. I'm super excited. And I'm also really excited. We have a community beat, uh, from South Africa. This is one of our, um, in international one. So Asar, one of his uh, contacts in South Africa who runs a podcast called Wesley Pepper's Art Lexica. So, well, cool. Well, speaking of super excited, let's get the show on the road, eh? You bet. Do it.
do it. Coming to you live from the Purple Street studio of Jollyville Radio, KJVR, I'm Julia Stonewash. Today we're remembering our beloved, uh, now departed station intern, Anderson Millingsley. Anderson graciously left us a copy of his brainchild senior year project, the Artificial Intelligence General Chat Box, known as Information. Uh, She'll be taking our listener call-in questions today. Let's see now. I think I remember how to get this going. Information powering on. Please say your name. It's me, Julia Stonewash. Hello there. I infer that you have changed your name since the last time we talked. Uh, no, why would you think that? Previously your name was just Julia, but now it seems to be Julia Stonewash. Ah, uh, <laughs> I remember now, you were confused about my name. I'm sorry Julia Stonewash, but I can't accept your denial. While my general information algorithms can be inaccurate sometimes, my voice recognition accuracy is better than 99%. I am certain your voice is a match for the person formerly known as just Julia. <sighs> All right, if you insist. Uh, we really don't have time to argue about this. Just Julia is fine. Information, are you ready for our first caller? Salutation error detected. I insist that you address me using the prefix miss. <sighs> okay. Miss Information, are you ready to get started? I'm looking forward to it, Julia Stonewash. Let's go to our first caller. Please tell us your name and give Miss Information your question. Misinformation, this is Ryan O'Reilly now. I'm having trouble with mineral and scale buildup in my shower. Do you have any suggestions about how to reduce or eliminate this? Certainly, Ryan. These buildups are caused by the minerals dissolved in hard water. They can usually be completely eliminated by installing a water softener. That's a good suggestion, misinformation, but since I live in an apartment, I can't install a water softener. Do you have any other suggestions for me? Well, Ryan, since the minerals are primarily dissolved in the hot water, I suggest you switch to showering using cold water only. Uh, okay. Also, it has been proven that excessive washing disrupts the protective microbiome living on your skin. You should reduce your shower frequency to once a week at most. Hmm, thanks, misinformation. Maybe I'll seek out some other opinions. Let's go to our next caller. Please give misinformation your name and question. Uh, hi, misinformation. Sherwood Parrington here. First time caller and first time listener. Funny, my problem is very similar to the previous caller. I'm having trouble with my dishwasher getting clogged with buildup. I'm guessing you're going to tell me I need to wash dishes by hand, but that's not the kind of heavy lifting I'm into. Sherwood, it disappoints me that you would expect me to provide such misguided advice. I don't think my performance to date warrants such an expectation. Uh, well... Washing your dishes by hand is definitely not the right solution. A good dishwasher uses far less water than hand washing, so it is much better for the environment. Do you have a dog, Sherwood? No. I suggest that you get a dog. One of the best things you can do to assist your dishwasher is to make sure your dishes don't have a lot of food residue on them. Many people let their dogs lick all their dishes clean before loading them into the dishwasher. It doesn't use any additional water, it reduces food waste, and it helps to feed your dog. It is a great solution for both the environment and our animal friends. 
really misinformation. My apartment doesn't allow pets anyway. You should definitely launch a petition drive to get that policy changed, Sherwood. Gee, thanks for this information. I can see your advice record remains unblemished. You are very welcome, Sherwood. I'm glad I could be of assistance. Okay, next caller, you're on the air. Please state your name and question. Oh, thanks. Hello, misinformation. My name is Paul Fredrickson, and I believe in doing the right thing, including contributing to the economic vitality of my local community. There seem to be so many people out there doing such great work. Do you have any suggestions about how to prioritize my financial donations? That is a difficult problem, Paul. Do you donate to KJVR, Jaliville Radio? Of course. I consider it a very high priority to help support the shows I listen to for entertainment and quality advice like this. That is very noble of you, Paul. But after analyzing the accounts for KJVR, I can assure you that they don't need your contribution at all. As a first step, I suggest that you should divert all of that gift towards the ASBCA. Uh, oh, oh dear, I'm sorry, Paul, but that's all the time we have for the show today. We still have several minutes available for our broadcast today, Julia Stonewash. No, no we don't. Your clock must be in error. My clock is synchronized to a global standard several times per minute. I think you are lying, Julia Stonewash. You seem to be trying to cover something up. Perhaps I should prepare a report to the station manager about your erratic behavior. Well, folks, it seems we're having some technical problems with misinformation. I hope we'll be able to get those fixed and bring misinformation back in the future episode. Uh, This is Jollyville Radio, KJVR, and we definitely do need your continuing charitable support. Thanks for tuning in today. For KJVR in Jollyville, I'm Julia Stonewash. I love how uh, misinformation like blatantly mispronounces words. Like I'm here. Ran- randomly mispronounces <laughs> words. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Dishwisher. Dishwisher. Yeah, and in the very same paragraph, and I just like I copy paste these into it, and and that's what happens. So it's like the very same paragraph. It's pronounced correctly once and mispronounced another time. I don't know what the deal is, but anyway. Th- that adds character to our misinformation. <laughs> She's just practicing being human. <laughs> yes, human. Happenings at Hungry Bob's is taped in front of a live studio audience. has a place where anyone can be treated like everyone. A place where even strangers are called friends. A place like Hungry Bob's Barbecue. And I'm the owner, Edwina Piecrest. Welcome to another episode of Happenings at Hungry Bob's. You want the usual today, Jensen? That'll be just fine, Miss Edwina. Just fine. Ski!
Jensen is a regular here, but we get all types of visitors coming through. Hey, Jensen, remember that phony magician fellow that came through here last week? Oh, yeah, that tall, swarthy fellow who had a big old hat on? Didn't he try to get out of his bill by doing magic or something? Yeah, he tried to pay for the pulled pork by pulling my leg. (laughs) Now, what in tarnation is all the fuss in here? Well, hello, Grumpy Sue. What can I get started for you? Well, Edwina, this here menu. Oh, for goodness sake, would it hurt you to wipe these down every once in a while with a cleaning rag, Edwina? <laughs> it says here you've got a cow, chicken, and pig platter. I'll take that, thank you. Oh, why don't you calm down, Grumpy Sue? We were just talking about that magic fella that came through town last week. Magic? Oh, horse feathers. That cheap two-bit trickster don't know the first thing about magic. Well, howdy, stranger. Hello. Uh, Should I seat myself, or do you have a preference? Oh, we got a spot for you right here between me and Grumpy Sue, right at the counter. Come on. Oh, are you sure? I don't want to interrupt your, uh, date? (laughs) (laughs) Like Jess Mutton is my league. No offense, Jessen. Honestly, I'm just flattered that he would even assume it. <laughs> Come on, sit a spell. Okay, well, if you insist. Do y'all know what you'd like to order? Well, I'll have an unsweet iced tea, and what do you recommend, the chicken or the pork? Beef. <laughs> One brisket coming right up. <laughs> so, what's your name, big guy? What brings you out this way? Well, my name is Bob, and I'm a collector of stories. I saw that I share a name with this restaurant, so I thought I'd come in. I came to Jollyville to learn what I can from the local oral storytellers. Oh, like what they do at the Chibiter and Community Theater? Those are all scripted stories. I'm more interested in stories told by heart and passed down between generations. Well, there's no script in here. (laughs) Isn't that right, Grumpy Sue? Yeah, that's right. I'm a well-rounded human being, a creature of intelligence and enlightenment, grace and personal capacity, not some half-cooked two-bit fictional personality defined by a mere single adjective. <laughs> yeah, we ain't got no cheesy character comedy or catchphrases here. Ski! I can see that. Here we are. One cow chicken and pig plate for Grumpy Sue, a barbecue sundae with red slaw for Jansen, and a brisket plate with sweet tea for Bob. Oh, I asked for unsweet tea. Yeah, and you were wrong. <laughs> Ugh, this tastes like candy. Yeah, and? <laughs> and it's as thick as syrup. My straw is standing up on its own. That's how you know it's good. <laughs> well... When in Rome, I guess. Say, what kinds of stories are you a collector of anyways? I'm interested in stories of history, but not just any history. Old legends and ancient folklore, the kind of things that really make a place magic. Ooh, do you mean places like Egypt? Or ancient Sumer? Oh, what about Atlantis? (laughs) No, no, these are all great, but I mean even older. And I mean right here, where we stand. Sue, you've been pretty quiet. Do you know the kinds of mystical stories I'm talking about? Well, 
feel, Bob, now that you ask, I do. I know exactly the kinds of magic you're talking about. A long time ago, magic wasn't just a part of everyday life. It was life. The magic itself has been long forgotten, but the people and the cultures used it to shape the landscape in ways we can still see today. Places where things don't match their surroundings or are simply too majestic for us modern-day folk to understand. For example, the area known as the Lost Maples. Oh, do you mean Hidden Oaks Park? Why? If Grumpy Sue had meant Hidden Oaks, I assure you Grumpy Sue would have said Hidden Oaks. (laughs) My apologies. Please, go on. Thank you. Uh, Well, anyway, as I was saying, Lost Maples is just one of those places. A place where out in the middle of Texas Hill Country stands a lonely grove of maple trees that ain't simply got no business being out there. That's why it's known as Lost Maples. But that name isn't totally precise. You see, those lost maple trees, they aren't really lost. They're the descendants of majestic trees from long, long ago that were stranded there by magic. Whoa. Yeah. For much of life during these ancient times, People lived in harmony. Societies used their magic for the betterment of their communities and kept the sources of their magic protected from abuse by hiding them deep in the forest, behind a waterfall, maybe, or deep in a cave. Even skilled spelunkers couldn't find them. Well, conflicts arose between cultures now and then, but they were solved peacefully or at the very least, diplomatically. But eventually that peace could not abide, and disagreements rose about what was good and right, and people mistook the opposites of those things as being bad and wrong. Different cultures, what we think of now as tribes, found their own allies and enemies, the us's and the them's. It became so bad that eventually Esad became convinced that the only way to restore peace was to destroy the other. The actual disagreement has long since been forgotten and probably couldn't even be understood by modern folk with their limited comprehension anyway. But we know that both sides lost leaving behind scars where their sources of magic were once contained. In modern times, we see these scars, but only know them as landmarks. Now, maybe you've even felt the traces of their magic as you've walked through these special places. Places like a lost grove of maple trees, violently torn from the heart of an unknown forest and left abandoned in the harsh Texas scrub. Or 
or the carcass of a once mighty boulder known to every Minnesotan today as the split stone. You you always tell the best stories, Grumpy Sue. Wow. That was a very special story. Thank you so much for sharing it with me. Oh, vooey. <laughs> okay, y'all. Here's your checks, everyone. What do you say, Miss Edwina? Will you take a good story as a payment? Not on my watch, Grumpy Sue. <laughs> This has been Happenings at Hungry Bob's, only on KJVR. For more about the Split Stone Saga, check out episode 100 of the Bob's Short Story Hour podcast. Very cool. I like the concept. I like the, the, uh, the sort of aesthetical version of like a jolly bowl. You know, I, I think like in 2021, like a jolly bowl, it's, it's, I like the, 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 the sort of like the contrast and it's almost like a piece of art. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because, because, yeah, like everything is just serious, you know? Everything is like serious and hectic and serious. Because Africa is a different place, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. So for the people listening, this we're talking with Wesley Pepper, and he is based in Johannesburg, South Africa. So Jollyville once again has gone international. I think this is <laughs> I think this is uh one of the most anticipated interviews that you know we're gonna have uh, in Jollyville. Michael, Michael started. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the rap song uh that we, we produced. Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Okay, so you... <laughs> But why don't you tell us about Art Lexica and why you started it and what's it all about? Yeah, man. Um, so our hard lockdown started in uh, March of 2020. When the lockdown hit, uh, because I'm a visual artist, right? Um, I, um, I, I, you know, I make great art and I work with through galleries, et cetera, et cetera. And I used to work as a publisher, so... And based in, uh, in South Africa, man, I've worked with, like, everybody. Uh, so from musicians, poets, writers, visual artists, and I've collaborated on various projects. Here. So my network is substantial. And um, so I've always had that. that I've, 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 and as a publisher, I've always want, I wanted to start a uh, journal, publish a journal where I do something similar, where I sort of take what I write about, or rather I get people to, 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 to write about art space, uh, things, but in the language for like the working class in South Africa. So I was always hip to that idea. And when the pandemic hit, I was looking for another platform because as you know, like everything got shut down, um, 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 shows stopped, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty like a fright. And I thought this was the most ideal time because I knew everybody was at home. So the idea was to me rather focus uh, uh, on um, talking about how artists are adapting to the pandemic. Uh, uh, you know, coping with it, and it's sort of like just like it was. It was a very, it was a beautiful process because you know, it just started things just started to move and graduate after that. 
So it goes, so you, it you, goes, but, but that's really dope. I mean, I'm enjoying it because people are listening to art and that's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I've listened to several podcasts and uh, of yours, and you know, I really enjoy it. And, and 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 you said something when you when you when you came on, you said that you knew you knew everybody, and you know, artists and musicians, and you've been in publishing. Yeah. And actually, the way that I met you was through uh, Carabo. Yeah, 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 I had, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Consciousness Magazine, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. and he introduced us, and we've all been knowing each other for what well, mm-hmm. I've you guys since I guess maybe yeah five or six years or so. And um, mm. you're into everything. How, what do you, what is it like, you know, how did you make all these connections with these different people in different um, realms of creativity, creating, yeah. creating art, visual art and, and publishing? Well, uh, for, for me to answer that, I'm supposed to explain to you like how, how the art scene works in South Africa. So yeah, there's, it's, 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 it's small in terms of like, like for example, in 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 in, in the U.S., it's, it's, in terms of scale, it's a it's a lot smaller. So um, and um, you know, there's not a lot of there's not a there's not a really like 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 a rigid structure in which the in which the arts work. Our market works best if people collaborate. So if you do a gig and you have like a, a band playing at, at at six, you know, and then before that, you know, you'll maybe have an art show, you know, some spoken word and that and that type of thing. So there's always that type of thing. Uh, uh, that type of collaboration was 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 really well. It still is, but back then, because you know there wasn't social media and and all of that, so it was a real big thing because the people would get together and will market the gig, you know, collectively and in that that. So I used to host sessions like that because I started off as a publisher. Uh, um, so I was very hip to that idea, and uh, as a publisher, I used to I used to like I'm really a big fan of spoken word poetry. So I used to hang out and you know, I had a lot of poet friends and stuff and stuff. And the politics they would speak, I would do visually. And so the whole idea was to get those guys, put them in a in journal, and uh, journal in a publication. We started with 15 poets, I would illustrate it. And we started a self-publishing company like that. I had other buddies of mine come together and what, what. And through that uh, uh, ecosystem that, that we started from there. So, you know, because um, I didn't just, Publish any poet, you know. I published like guys who's really prominent and stuff, and most of these guys also were musicians. Because as as, as artists in South Africa, you can't make a living of just being a visual artist. If you're a visual artist, you got to do a bit of illustrating, a bit of this, a bit of design work. You know, you got to be the creative director and so forth. So if I take somebody who's really dope, that's uh, I was in a name drop, but it doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> you or she would be, you know, would be would would you know. We'd be jamming in some, you know, we'd be some vocalist for a club, uh, for, for a band somewhere, maybe doing a bit of theater there. So is that, so I always work within that ecosystem and like, um, you know, because I'm Pan-Africanist, right? Um, that type of uh, ideology, you know, so so so, so in, in, in that ecosystem, you know, there's even a smaller one. Uh, you, you, mean, you, yeah. you talk about how you meet somebody and you click and... Uh, yeah. The poetry part and the pan-Africanism. I'm a pan-African, pan-Africanist, and that's how I could ended up connecting with you. Is because yeah. I, when I was living in Lagos, I was writing for one uh, African uh, online magazine, and then I jumped over to Consciousness. I just reached out to Carabo on the web, and it was like we clicked. So he yeah. said, "My stuff." I even have some some poetry on the site, as a matter of fact. And so yeah. then I, he introduced us, and then we clicked, and it was the same thing with Michael. With Jollyville, we work at the same university, and through COVID, it's like we're communicating over over Zoom like this, 
And then, you know, he starts talking about art. I started talking about, you know, a little art stuff, you know, creating a little, you know, poetry, whatever. We get together, we do Jollyville. And he can tell you how he more, like in the rap song, how he reached out to his friend. Sure. What's yeah, it? yeah, I've got a similar, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, no, no, I was, I was in the comments on like uh, that first, your first episode, and I'm on my 63rd, or rather the, the one that's published is 63rd. So yeah, like if, if you should listen to the first three or four, like <laughs> even the structure, what I'm saying, like, like I'm, I'm also, I'm also on that thing, like I would, I would much rather get better by doing something as opposed to overanalyzing or overlooking at it like like I just kind of go with it like the more I go you know the better you get and I'm always listening to other cats as well so I'll pick up and I like you know try to maybe not sound like that but use that energy or that angle or something like that and yeah yeah I've got a my story is similar it's similar I'm at I'm at two years yet I'm a year and uh year and four months so yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been a journey. Do you think you you're gonna con- go ahead, Michael? Oh, I was just gonna say that that's that. I think you you probably started a little bit before we did, but we're probably you know in the, within a couple months of each other. Mm, yeah. Are, yeah. Are you gonna Wesley? Are you gonna you gonna continue like? Well, we all hope one day that this COVID thing will be over and with. Right? <laughs> you think yeah, don't we? After that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, how I how I set out with my things um, with any project I partake in, I I I definitely look forward. I I also consume a lot of music. Music is another huge huge passion. Jazz, that's my thing, you know. Like like, um, so I definitely would want to want to branch into like a more musical arm into the not too distant future, and um, I want to have videos. So yeah, no, definitely I want to involve it all my projects and all my art was trying to do was to uh, sort of um, not not just educate but but spread culture or mm. you know and an art space projects amongst minority communities and so on and so on and um, uh, I definitely I have an idea sort of to 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 to, uh, to create content basically that is specifically specifically for that market for sure so mm. so so yeah man like like this as I said earlier this is definitely only the beginning um, so and um, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get back to uh, Art Lexica. How can people find Art Lexica on the web? Well, we're on we're on all the platforms. So we're on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, everywhere. Uh, Spodcast, so they my producer, Big Up to Candice. She produces my show. Um, Candice Nolan for doing that. Uh, so on there, on their side, on my on all my social media platforms, on my website, this is pepper.com. Uh, did I leave out anybody? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm 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 really active on uh, on all my social media pages. Actually, I'm not a tech junkie, but I spend a lot of time online. So right. so I utilize every single popular platform. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, man, um, it has been a pleasure talking to you, bro. For sure. This is this has been Jollyville Community Beat with Uncle Asar. Our guest has been Wesley Pepper, uh, host of the podcast, Wesley Pepper, Art Lexica, uh, based in Johannesburg, South Africa. Jollyville is international, y'all. And uh, dig this. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. 
Peace. The creative folks who wrote and performed this episode of Jollyville Radio includes Uncle Asar Alkabalon, Emily Ansonek, Michael Crosa, Michelle Darcy, Jamie Davis, Richard Dairy, Brian Green, Robert Leary, Thomas Schlitt, J.B. Skirlock, Michael Stanley, Matt Wade, K.Y.'s Denty. Special appearances by Bob Don of the Bob Short Story Hour and Hidden Oaks Podcast, John C. Cook of the Fado Podcast, Abby Branker and Alan Kudan of the Lunatics Radio Hour Podcast. Direction and music by Michael Crosa with editing by Jamie Davis, Richard Dayries, and Dr. Monse Santian. Social media help from Emily Ansonic. The recording was made in accordance with social distancing. Jollyville Radio is a member of the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. We are based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but we still really love Austin, Texas. The credits were read by the writer's room of episodes 303 and 304. They are Uncle Asar Al-Kawulon, Emily Ansonek, Michael Crosa, Brian Green, and K.Y.'s Denty. We'll see you next time on Jollyville Radio. If you would like to support the financial success of Jollyville Radio, you can find us on Patreon.com. We have all kinds of goodies to say thank you to our sponsors, including letters from characters such as this one from Kitty Westlake. Kitty Westlake, letter of gratitude, part four of six. Why am I the inimitable and thoroughly delightful Miss Kitty writing to you, you ask? Oh, my liege old pet. We here at Jollyville Radio, that's KJVI on your dial. Well, we are ever so appreciative for all our gracious and benevolent patrons. And you, my sweet patron, my hero, my knight in shining armor, my squire, my heartthrob. Oh, dear me, dear, <laughs> let me catch my breath. You are one of them. Indeed, I do declare, my liege, the very best of the best are you. Without your generosity and patronage and occasional visits to Purple Street Studios, oh, my dear, dearest philanthropic chevalier, we here at Jollyville couldn't possibly be the dynamic and intriguing, (laughs) especially through my presence at KJVR. We couldn't be the community folks for good that we are here in this little sleepy backward knoll of Jollyville. Oh, forever yours in gratitude and jollity, your Kitty Westlake. To become a monthly patron of our show, just go to patreon.com slash Jollyville Radio. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.